Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to Great Panther Mining's 2020 year-end financial results conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Fiona Grant-Lager, Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, operator. Good morning, everyone. I'm Fiona Grant-Lager. Thank you for taking the time to participate in our call today. Before we begin, please note that we will be making forward-looking statements during the presentation. You should be cautioned that actual results and future events may differ from those noted in today's presentation. The commentary also refers to various non-GAAP measures, definitions, and reconciliations that are included in the company's MDNA for the period ended December 31, 2020. All dollar amounts expressed in this presentation and the associated financial statements and MDNA are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise noted. For reference, during the call, ASIC refers to all-in sustaining costs. Detailed cautionary statements can be found at the end of the presentation. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded and will be available for replay later today. Replay information and the presentation slides accompanying this conference call and webcast will be available on our website at greatpanther.com. On the call this morning, we have Rob Henderson, President and CEO, Neil Hepworth, Chief Operating Officer, and Jim Zadra, Chief Financial Officer. Thank you, Fiona, and thank you everyone for dialing in today. 2020 uh, was a year of substantial growth for Great Panther as our transition into a diversified intermediate gold producer continues. Amid a challenging environment brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, our team was able to adapt quickly and efficiently, ultimately delivering significant operational improvements and record financial results. We produced more gold equivalent ounces in 2020 than we did in 2019, and I'm pleased to report that total revenue in 2020 increased by 31% over 2019 to $261 million on production of just over 150,000 gold equivalent ounces. Our mine operating earnings before non-cash items was $124.5 million, or 37 cents a share. Our adjusted EBITDA came in at $98 million, and cash flow from operating activities was $67 million, or 20 cents a share. Our costs came down and consolidated ASIC, excluding G&A, improved by 11% when compared to 2019 uh, at a cost of 
dollars per gold ounce. We also delivered on increases in our mineral reserves and mineral resources. At Tucano, we successfully replaced mine depletion and added another year of open pit mine life while strengthening our level of confidence in the deposit for future mine and operational planning. At GMC in Mexico, the updated mineral resource estimate reported in November delivered an increase of 17% in measured and indicated category, and we doubled the inferred resources there, as well as higher grades. Since the acquisition of Tucano in 2019, we've been steadily building our cash position. We ended the year with $63 million in cash and cash equivalents, and our working capital was $31 million. We also saw a meaningful decrease in debt, placing the company in a strong financial position. I'm incredibly pleased to close out the year with such a robust balance sheet, a testament to the hard work and executed by our team to deliver value for our shareholders. And so building on the success of 2020, this year we'll see an aggressive ramp up of our exploration efforts with a total of $13 million and 90,000 meters planned to further define our known resources while tapping into the huge potential we see at Tucano. Our key objectives will be to continue to extend the Tucano open pit mine life further prove up the underground with a view to extending the high-grade zones, and probably most importantly, make meaningful inroads into key targets into Kano's expansive regional land package. Building on our 2020 exploration success in Mexico will also be a key focus this year for us. In 2021, consolidated gold equivalent production from the Tucano, Topia, and GMC mines expected to be 135,000 to 150,000 gold equivalent ounces, with the second half of 2021 expected to account for at least 55% of our annual production guidance. ASIC is expected to come in between $1,350 and $1,450 per gold ounce sold. And note that the costs in the first half of the year will be higher than this guidance due to lower production levels and higher stripping in the first half. I will now turn it over to Neil Hepworth, our Chief Operating Officer, to discuss operations in more detail. Okay, thank you, Rob. Uh, I will now provide an overview of 2020 results of our various producing assets. At Tucana, our wholly owned gold producing asset in Brazil, we've managed gold production for the year increasing by 19% to just over 125,000 ounces. Um, please note that the comparative data presented for 2019 is for the pre period from March the 5th, 2019 to December the 31st, 2019. This is the period for which Tucana owned, sorry, for which Great Panther owned Tucana following the acquisition. Um, 2020 saw an improvement in mining productivities over 2019 with mine material up 32% and total plant throughput up by 33%. ASIC for the year came in at $1,200 per ounce, a 15% improvement over 2019, mainly due to the weakening of the Brazilian real. At Urucum Central South, the work by Knight Peacehold indicated that the movement in the pit walls were related to the high phreatic surface in the west wall. Um, the phreatic level recorded in January was modeled by Knight Peacehold and indicated that mining to the ultimate pit geometry could be done under stable conditions provided phreatic levels in the west are controlled. Note that this is 
this is still work in progress and needs to be confirmed. At Tukana, we continue with an aggressive near mine and regional exploration program. The near mine program is aimed at replacing open pit reserves and expanding the high-grade underground reserves. The open pit drilling is primarily aimed at expanding the resources below the oxidized ore, or oxidized ore that was mined from Tap C during beetle times. There will also be additional drilling in the Urukum East, Usu and Torres areas are also part of the 7-kilometer Tukana trend. For Urukum North Underground, there's a very focused drilling program to validate extent and dimensions of the high-grade Zone 1 below the Urukum North Pit. The first 5,000 meters of holes will be in the upper zone, with the second 3,000 meters looking, up the, looking at the upland extension so that we can evaluate the merits of bringing in the decline from the south following the plunge of the high-grade zone. Turning to our Mexican silver mines, firstly at Topia, production in 2020 was approximately 1.1 million silver equivalent ounces, with silver recoveries of 92% and silver grades of 352 grams a tonne. The silver equivalent grade is 670 grams a tonne, reflecting the byproducts of gold, lead, and silver. ASIC was $19.75 per payable ounce of silver, a 29% increase over 2019, and reflects the impact of the federally mandated COVID-19 related shutdowns in Mexico. These were for most of April and May, and plus the voluntary suspension we implemented for five weeks in quarter four as a measure to protect our workforce and the community. Following these COVID-19 disruptions in Q2 and again in Q4, operations at Topira are now back to normal. Um, the, the COVID disruptions also prevent us getting permits for exploration drilling at Topira. But the 2020 drilling budget has been added to the 2021 drilling budgets in order to make up for this delay. At GMC, the full year production was also approximately 1.1 million silver equivalent ounces. And this, this was comprised of 520,000 ounces of silver and nearly 7,000 ounces of gold. Average silver grades were 125 grams a tonne silver and gold grades were 1.66 grams per tonne gold. This translates to a silver equivalent grade of 275 grams a tonne. At Guanajuato, ASIC came in at $21.88 per payable silver ounce reflecting the impact of federally mandated COVID-19 related shutdowns in, in Mexico. In November, we announced an updated mineral resource estimate for GMC. Measured and indicated resources in, increased by 17%, while inferred resources more than doubled. The 2021 surface drill program of 5,000 meters at San Ignacio commenced in mid-January and should finalize in, in, in mid-June. This drilling is for further exploration of the Purissima vein, expanding the Santa Nina vein, and infilling all of the existing known areas of the Purissima vein system. At Guanajuato, the 2021 drill program of 10,000 meters commenced in, on February the 8th, with three drills, and we're expecting it to end in, in July 2021. Initial targets include Los Pozos above this 290 level, between Valenciana and Carter on the 290 level and Los Pozos above the 275 level. In, in Peru, at Coricancha, um, <clears throat> an exploration program of 5,200 meters is proposed that targets a high-grade and easily accessible mining areas of Escondida, Constantia, and Wellington veins. The start of this program is subject to final discussions with the local visa community. I now turn a call over to Great Plan for CFO Jim Zadler to discuss our financial results. 
Thank you, Neil, and welcome, everyone. I'm pleased to report that strong gold and silver prices, together with strong execution by our operating teams, led to significant improvements in our financial results across the board. Revenue increased by $62.2 million thanks to higher gold production and sales at Tucano and higher realized gold and silver prices, which were $17.85 and $21.28, respectively. These represent increase for gold and 29% for silver. Overall production costs decreased by 20.5 million, primarily due to the weakening of the Brazilian real and Mexican peso relative to the US dollar, leading to the noted 11% reduction in consolidated AISC, excluding GNA, to 1228 per payable gold ounce for, the, for 2020. I also note that AISC reflects full impact of the COVID-19 related operating suspensions in Mexico, including the care and maintenance costs during those suspensions and higher operating costs as a result of health and safety protocols and productivity impacts at our, at our operations. As mentioned earlier, 2020 was a year that saw solid operational improvements. ASIC for Q4 saw an even greater improvement when compared to the same period in 2019, reflecting a decrease of 23%. The strong metal price environment, favorable foreign exchange rates, expansion in our for non-cash items, which increased to 124 million, 124.5 million, or 37 cents per share, compared to 41.9 million in the prior year. After accounting for non-cash depletion and amortization charges, mine operating earnings were $83.9 million, and adjusted EBITDA came in at $98 million, each up substantially over 2019. Operating earnings were $57 million after accounting for non-capitalized expiration and development expenditures, and we were break-even on the net income line after accounting for interest charges, non-cash foreign exchange translation losses, and settlement costs and foreign exchange hedges, which were wound up last month, leaving us unhedged to any currencies at the current time. Cash flow from operating activities or operating cash flow before changes in non-cash working capital was 69 million or 20 cents per share and represented a substantial improvement modest outflows in 2019. Our free cash flow was 26.9 million for the year and 9.1 million in the fourth quarter. We ended the year on a solid financial footing with cash with a cash position of 63 million and net working capital 31 million. We paid down 14 million of debt in Q4, leading to significant deleveraging and a strong net cash position going into 2021. 2021, we will maintain a focus on building our working capital and strengthening the balance sheet in order to bolster our ability to leverage potential growth opportunities, including acquisitions, as we continue to evolve as a diversified precious metals producer focused on the Americas. Thank you again. It's, uh, that's all we have for formal remarks, and I'll now turn it back to the operator for the Q&A session. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two.
We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The first question comes from Heiko Ile with H.C. Wainwright. Please go ahead. Hey, Derek. Thanks for taking my questions. Morning, Michael. Um, your outlook. Hey, Derek. Your, your outlook has you doing 55% of your guidance in the second half of the year. I mean, it looks like that's mostly due to the higher stripping in Brazil. But just to confirm, because it's not, I, I didn't see it completely stated anywhere. Mexico should not have a similar production breakdown, but but rather we can just see much more of a trend line quarter over quarter in, in Mexico for the year, right? That's correct, Heiko. You know, our Mexican producers are you know, very steady. Um, they're all underground operations. They're not subject to, to swings that we see in the open pits. So yeah, the, the, the weak first half of the year is entirely due to our stripping requirements at Tucano, and we get into the higher grade ore in the second half of the year. Got it. That's, uh, that's, that's what I figured. Sorry? That, that's what I figured. I just want to clarify. And then completely, completely different question. With your you know, continued transition to becoming more of a gold company, are you seeing any changes in your investor base and people that are ringing you up asking questions? What are you thinking in regards to, you know, multiple adjustments for higher trading multiples? Are you seeing anything that maybe we're not privy to um, or anything that you want to, like, let us know? No, no, I don't think so. I think we've got a, you know, a healthy mix of retail investors who've always been big supporters of our, our strong silver um, position in Mexico. Um, we have a few more institutional investors, thanks to Tucano, but the mix has, has stayed pretty consistent, and we're not getting any different messages to what we were getting last year. So um, I'm pretty happy with our investor base. Excellent. Thank you for the uh, answers. Stay safe. Thank you. The next question comes from Jake Sikelski with Alliance Global Partners. Please go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for taking my questions. Morning, Jake. At at Sicano, um, you mentioned you're expecting to see some higher stripping costs in the first half of this year. I'm just wondering if you're able to quantify this quarter over quarter at all. Um, I'm just trying to get a handle on how ASIC might look on a quarterly basis throughout the year. Um, I don't think we've typically given that guidance. Um, Jim, you got you got me flavors there but you know i think you know generally it, it's just the first and second quarters will be a bit low and there will be improvements in the third and fourth but i don't think there's going to be any significant difference between q1 and q2 but jim do you have any color on that sure uh, jake i would i would say that the stripping costs in the first half are probably 55 to 60 percent of the full year 
Okay, that's that's helpful. Um, and then just more of a housekeeping item in, in Mexico. I noticed you aren't providing uh, ASIC guidance there. I'm just wondering what the reason is for that. Is that related more to the level of investment you're expecting to make this year at a higher sustaining cost? Sure. I think it's, it's more to do with uh, Mexico representing, you know, 20% of our production. And, and really it's, you know, Tucano is the, the driving force in terms of uh, the ASIC at the end of the day. Um, and if you can see from, you, you can see from the guidance that the Tucano ASIC is, is really the equivalent of our consolidated ASIC. So we're really expecting Mexico to be at the same level on a gold uh, equivalent basis. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, that's all for me. Thanks again, guys. Thank you, Jake. The next question comes from Matthew O'Keefe with Cantor Fitzgerald. Please go ahead. Thanks, operator. Good morning. Um, nice year for you. Um, just a couple of quick questions. I may have missed it. I apologize if you addressed this already. But um, the work towards uh, defining an underground underground potential at Tucano, how is, is that progressing, and when would we expect an update there? Thanks, Matt. Um, good question. So we've just got back to looking at the underground. We, we've kind of put it on the shelf for a number of years, but the the plan is to um, look at the ore body extension beneath the Urukum North Pit. So it's a banded ironstone formation. It extends well below the pit, and we should have mined out the Urukum pits in you know, the second half of next year. So that would be the time that we could start looking at putting a, a decline down into the ore body, which is you know just a couple of hundred meters below the, the open pit. So right now what we're doing is drilling the underground ore body looking for extensions of that high-grade zone and pulling together a study as to where best to locate the portal and how best to mine the, the deposit. So we're, we're starting drilling again, and we're starting to look at studies to support a, a capital decision in the second half of next year. Okay, so we would see economic numbers on that in 2022? That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. And um, on the exploration front, I know you you provided a, an update um, just in January. You had a, a good exploration update and increased the budget there. Um, what's the news flow look like for for exploration? Because that's always been a big part of the uh, the great. Well, that's well in the last since you got to Canada, that's the, what interests me and is a big part of the story at at Tucano is the exploration. Sure. So, you know, last year was mainly infill drilling. We don't typically release infill drill results because they're just confirming what, that we know what is there already. So last year was a little bit slow on the on the, on the the drill results because of the infilling nature of them. Um, this year we are drilling the region. So, you know, we're looking for brand new deposits. So um, it, it's hard to predict exactly when the geologists are going to have enough information to be sure of a you know, regional target, but I suspect you know, we are drilling them now. So the regional news release you know, could be any day. The, the underground, 
we we are you know again it's 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 of the infill nature, but we are looking to extend the body. So I think we will be looking at getting some underground news releases out probably in mid-year that will you know confirm the um, extent of the ore body and the infill drilling that we're doing on the on the, on the pits. You know about three million dollars of our our budget of the, you know, the eight million dollar budget next year is mainly looking at the um, pit reserves and again they're pretty much of an infill nature so there's not going to be a huge news release around that so in summary you know if and when we hit the regional deposits that will be big news and the underground is probably going to be mid-year and onwards great um that's it for me thanks very much thank you the next question comes from joseph rieger with roth capital partners Please go ahead. Hey, Rob and team. Thanks for taking the questions, and congrats on a good, strong finish to the year. Thank you, Joe. Um, good morning. Good morning. So uh, first thing, um, you know, kind of following on a little bit of the, the last caller's question, um, with the exploration, especially the non-infill as you go forward this year, um, is there like a certain threshold that you guys would need to achieve to release individual, you know, or small set drill holes instead of, you know, kind of doing quarterly updates or so? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, you know, typically if, if we just hit one drill hole with some interesting results, that, that, that wouldn't be considered material. But, you know, if we certainly got a, you know, a handful, three or four, then we would be releasing a press release. So, um, it, it is, you know, um, there's no hard science about what a, a threshold, but I think once we've got a set of numbers that we feel are material, we would release those to the market. Okay. And um, if you had any, you know, regional success with um, your drilling, what's the timeline to being able to add something to the mine life? You know, what's the permitting climate like? Would it just be an amendment to the current mine plan or, you know, are there areas where you'd have to start like, you know, from square one to get it added? You know, how do you guys think about that? Yeah, sure. No, good question. Um, you know, we, we are looking at opportunities that are in our tenements and are truckable to the mill. But maybe, Neil, you, you can give Joe a bit more flavor on, on the on the permitting uh, environment in Brazil. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think as soon as we we start hitting some interesting results, even even before we've actually got a sort of a, a, a proper resource defined, we'll we'll start the, um, the the permitting process to give us a little bit of a head start on this. Okay, this this would be in the sort of in, in the areas of um, sort of Mutum and um, Lona Amarello and um, and yeah and a couple of, couple of other places as, as well. So. Yes, so we, it, it, it'll still take a couple of years, but we'll try and fast track it as, as, as much as possible by, by anticipating where things are starting to go right. Okay, fair enough. Um, and uh, switching gears, uh, GMC Q4, um, all on sustaining costs were quite elevated. Was there some unique cap, uh, you know, capital allocation number or some specific driving force behind why it, you know, jumps so much even quarter over quarter? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, you know, of all the mines, I think GMC was most affected by COVID. It's an underground mine. Um, we had to reduce one of the ships just because we couldn't get the level of supervision that was required for safe production. So GMC's production was, was quite badly hit in Q4. And as a result, the, the unit costs went up. So, you know, I think we're over those issues now. Um, we're, we're back at three ships at GMC. So it was just um, mainly as a function of just, you know, uh, insufficient manpower to do efficient mining. Um, and maybe one final thing. Any comments on what the M&A market's like, you know, either both potentially acquiring in Brazil or South America or potentially uh, selling off, some, you know, old, the older Mexican assets? Like, has the climate changed at all since the middle of last summer? Yeah, that, I mean, that is an interesting question on the M&A climate. I think it's still, you know, COVID is definitely slowing things down a bit. But from our side, you know, we are keen to get, you know, into the 200,000 ounce plus producing range. And, you know, exploration is one way of doing that. The other way is mergers and acquisitions. So, you know, we are actively um, in discussions with, you know, other um, small producers in Mexico, um, U.S. and Brazil that would help us, you know, get above the the magic two hundred thousand ounce level. So, you know, M and A is, is certainly still a very much a focus for us. Okay, thanks. I'll turn it over. Thanks, Jim. The next question comes from Spencer Leman with a private investor. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi guys. Um, uh, one of the other. Um, Fellows um, mentioned this question about the gold versus silver mix, and I'm just wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on that. Uh, you know, with, with silver price holding up so much better than gold, and and maybe even the future with, you know, being a commercial, um, or um, do you do you, uh, do you have some flexibility as far as your exploration or as far as your focus on your mine, Mexican mines, and all that, where you can ramp up that that part where you can become more of a silver company uh, due to the price. Um, you know, bottom line, can, 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 can silver wag the dog? <laughs> I, I, I believe it can. Um, certainly, you know, our Mexican assets are exactly the same as the ones we had, you know, three years ago um, when, when, you know, Bob was running the company. So our Mexican assets do well when silver price is high. And Tokyo last year, you know, had some pretty spectacular results there. Our exploration, um, as you know, they're, they're underground, narrow vein, um, high-grade operations. You can only drill into them underground. But certainly at GMC, we had a lot of success last year. So we added, you know, over 10 million ounces, which is, which is you know, really good for three or four years of production at, at GMC. And the mining rate is limited because, again, it's underground. So the only way we could increase silver production was by increased tonnage. So we're working on that. But from an exploration point of view, I think we saw significant success at GNC last year. We're now turning our attention to Topia, which which you know, didn't get as much love as we would have liked last year due to the, the, the COVID-related permit delays, but we do like Topia a lot. It's much higher grade than GMC, so 
we are focusing on drilling at Topia and working at you know how we can increase our tonnage to our mills there. But bottom line, you know, silver is contributing to our margins. Uh, we like silver and we're we're spending the necessary money on exploration in Mexico. Okay, thank you. Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then one. The next question comes from Aaron Franklin with Investors Group. Please go ahead. Hi, Rob. Uh, how are you doing today? Good. Thank uh, you, Aaron. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I've got uh, a couple questions. Uh, are we going to get a decision on the Peru mine, on how you guys are going to go forward with the, the mine in Peru, either as a joint venture or reopening or uh, some type of plan? Yeah. What, um, as Neil outlined, we, we do have a drill program for Cori Cancha, so we're hoping to get in there. Um, oh, okay. Didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. So we are, we are planning to drill Cori Cancha. Um, oh, okay. We have to get the results out mid-year, so that will help us make okay. the decision. Um, we're also dealing with the the regulators in Peru, and Peru is has, you know, has been a pretty tough year in, in terms of the the political climate. So we are seeing changes in the ministries there. So getting a decision on the legacy tailings there is is also going to help us make a decision. So um, we probably going to be better placed in in the second half of the year to to make a call on on a restart there. Okay. Second would be uh, with the amount of cash that you guys are holding, uh, would would it not make sense to look at a, a, some type of purchase program for your shares? Uh, just because it seems uh, it's a little bit undervalued in comparison to even the rest of the gold market. Yeah, yeah, that is a good question, and we do look at capital allocation quite carefully. Um, but I think there's still, you know, hesitation that COVID is is not over. You know, there is talk of a third wave. Um, so, you know, we like the cash buffer we've got, but okay. I don't think we're quite in a position with with confidence in in certainly COVID related in order to, um, you know. Um, deploy our cash um, in, in any other way right now. So we're just focusing on exploration as, a, as the best way to okay. add value. Okay. Uh, and last uh, last question is uh, the tailing dam in Mexico. I think it's a Topia or is it, no, it's GMC uh, that you're having some permitting issues. Um, I didn't know if I missed. Were you guys able to, the, the Mexican authorities, able to get back to you guys with, uh, with your options? Not yet. So, you know, we're, we're still, uh, there are COVID-related delays to that as well. Um, Neil, maybe you can give Aaron a bit more color on this, the status in Mexico. Yeah, we, we, we're still waiting for Conagua to get back to us. We, we, we keep on thinking that it's, it's, it's fairly imminent, but, um, yeah, we, it, 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 ha it hasn't happened yet. That, that's for the, the, the Carter TSF at, um, at, at, at GMC. The, the Topia TSF, we had we had problems last year in in terms of sort of stability issues, which we we we, we seem to have basically resolved now. So Topia, we, we we're in a pretty good we're in pretty good standing with with, with our with our tailings capacity. Okay. 
would would you guys be able to here's a question Opia and GMC are would you be able to divert uh, your ore to the other facility if there was an issue no, no. It's, 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 it's just too far basically okay this will double check okay Thank you sorry so, but there are other alternatives in, in the area for, for toll milling. So it's, 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 you know, if we did have tailings capacity issues. Oh, okay. That's, oh, that's, I didn't know that. That's, that's good news. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Rob Henderson for any closing remarks. Thank you, Operator. So 2020 was a banner year for Great Panther. And you know, having joined the company as CEO in, in April 2020, I've, I've been in the seat for eight months, and I'm incredibly pleased to see how the team has stayed focused on achieving safe and profitable growth during a challenging year, given the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, this will be a year that none, will, none of us will forget. And as we turn our attention to this year, I'm excited for what's ahead, as this is a year for exploration during which we plan to unlock the great potential which we see in our assets, particularly at Tucano. We have a land package there in a world-class greenstone district, approximately 90 kilometers by 30 kilometers, that really has yet to see a drill bit outside our seven-kilometer mine tenement, and I'll share our geologist's excitement. Thank you for your participation today. And on behalf of everyone here at Great Panther, I look forward to sharing our progress with you in the next quarter. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.